You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I am Garrett Ashley Mullet. Today is... February 26, 2021. Thank God it's Friday. The end of the week, almost the end of the second month. We're almost in the last month of the first quarter of 2021. That's exciting. I don't know why, but it is. So I think maybe it is worth remembering that it's not 2020 anymore. And the more time goes through the year 2021, the farther away we are from 2020. But that doesn't necessarily mean that all the trouble is behind us and that there will be no more stresses. In fact, I can guarantee there will be more stresses. So if there's a little bit of a lull in the fighting right now, it behooves us to think about how are we going to invest the time that we have? How are we going to rest and regroup? How are we going to learn lessons from things that we didn't handle as well as we wish we would have? How are we going to avoid letting our mistakes, letting our insecurities, our weaknesses, our fears consume us and eat our lunch? How are we going to prepare ourselves for the next challenge? Because that is part of life. Challenges are part of life and you can't shrink from challenges any more than you can shrink away from life. And so why would you, right? What do you have to lose in living bravely? What do you have to lose in facing your fears? Well, I don't know what you might have to lose, and it'll be different for all of us, but as I think about what I have to lose in not facing my fears, that scares me. I don't want to live in a fearful way, dominated by my insecurities, dominated by my nagging doubts that keep me up at night. In fact, I don't want to be kept up at night, but in order to not be kept up at night, having trouble sleeping, feeling anxious, feeling apprehensive, feeling nervous, what do people think of me? What do I think of me? Who am I really? Regardless of what people think of me, what I think of me, since I'm people too, I don't want to be kept up at night. I want to have good rest. I want to sleep well when I lay my head down because that's the end of the day and I've got things to do tomorrow as well. I don't want to be kept up at night worrying that maybe I'm just not cut out for X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. Maybe I'm never going to be any good at this thing that I'm trying to do that I aspire to be. I don't want to be kept up at night. And I think as I meditate on not just the problem, but potential solutions in light of God's word, I think that part of the solution is to be content. And what I mean by that is if things are going well, I should be content with the fact that things are going well right now. And I should also be content with the fact that God willing, we will live and do this or that. And so God willing, things will not always be so hunky-dory as they maybe are right this moment. And if God willing, things are not so hunky-dory tomorrow, then we're going to trust God in that as well. And if things are not going so great today, we're going to trust God that such is just fine. 
We're going to be content. We're going to be okay with the circumstances that we find ourselves in. If today I have wealth, if today I have prestige, if today I have standing, and tomorrow I am disrespected and dishonored and betrayed, if tomorrow I am impoverished and begging and embarrassed and weak and sick and cold and lonely, whatever comes tomorrow, is God any less capable than he was today? Is God any less loving toward me just because my fortunes may change? For more on that, I would recommend you take a look at the book of Job in the Old Testament and think about all of the things and the situations that he had reason to be bitter about. And of course, he's not devoid of ill will or ill feelings towards his situation. Job asks repeatedly, why, 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 why? And in some respect, he never gets a satisfactory answer within the book. He never is told categorically and thoroughly, here are all the reasons why, Job, your children are dead, your wealth has been stolen from you, your reputation as a good, godly, wise man has been destroyed, your health is gone. He's never told all of the reasons why God allowed this to happen to him. But what he is told, or rather asked in a rhetorical fashion, is where were you? when I created the heavens and the earth. And I love the way that God responds because I think that that is kind of an answer. And if that's an answer for Job, without getting into all of the little details where we get to double-check God's math on whether he remembered to carry the one, I think that insofar as that's a general answer because God is God and Job is man, if you or I are men and we find that things have just not worked out quite like we thought they were going to, hoped they were going to, planned for them to, tried to make them, then perhaps just maybe the answer that God gives to Job is also the answer that God gives to us through his word. Maybe where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? is a fitting question for us also. And if we have his word, he's blessed us with divine revelation, special revelation, and all scripture is God-breathed and suitable for doctrine, rebuke, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God might be equipped, ready for every good work. If that's the case, then maybe, just maybe, we do well to read it, to meditate on it, to think on that, to contemplate that in view of our situation and relative God. And if God answered Job thus, really, truly, then that same God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he answers us the same, or so we should assume, until he tells us other. Was. So just some thoughts for you. 
with regards to Job, with regards to changes in fortune and ventures that don't work out quite like you thought they would. Keep your chin up. Keep a stiff upper lip. Don't lose heart. Don't boast about tomorrow. Don't brag about how fantastic you are or maybe someday. Boast in God and boast in your weakness. Because God can be glorified in weakness. He can prove just how strong and mighty and wonderful he is when we're humble. And when we humble ourselves before the Lord, the scriptures promise us that he will lift us up. Those who wait on the Lord will find their strength renewed. They will mount up on wings like eagles and soar. If I'm at a loss for words and you don't know what to say, then maybe, just maybe, that's our cue to listen. And if we are in Christ, then maybe we should be listening to what God has to say and allow us to allow him to refill our cup because it's empty and we're out and we're thirsty. Maybe rather than being too proud to admit that we're out of ideas, we're thirsty, we're tired, we're discouraged, we're confused, we're afraid. Maybe rather than being afraid to admit those things, what God would be pleased by and what he would reward and what he would bless is us having the humility and the faith to trust him with that. Not to hide it, not to pretend, not to be super spiritual when we're not really, not that way, not to do our good works before men that they might see us and applaud us because Jesus says, if that's our reason, we've already received our reward. We should be doing our good works in secret. And if it was enough for Jesus to be maligned and abused and accused of things falsely that he was not guilty of, for him to be trampled on, then are we better than the Son of God? No, no indeed. No, we're not. So how much more so should we have the humility to follow after, to lay down our lives for those we love, particularly if humility on our part not only blesses us, but if it also blesses them with a good example to follow and it encourages them, it spurs them on to love and good deeds. As the scriptures tell us, we're supposed to be spurring one another on to love and good deeds. Only all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, a funny thing, changing gears randomly, because why not? It's my podcast and I'll change gears randomly if I want to. Changing gears, I have been playing a game here lately, and I want to thank my good friend, Paul, my dear friend, Paul. Paul, if you're listening, God bless you. God bless your family. You guys are such a joy, and you're such a blessing to us, and we're so happy to know you. But my good friend, Paul, gifted this game to me. He said, hey, let's try it out, right? Let's check it out and see how it goes. And so we played it for a couple of days, had a good time with it. 
And then as we got to exploring it some more and trying it out and really enjoying it, really having a, a, a fun time of it, getting some bonding, male bonding, playing Vikings. That's, that's what it is. So I, I should probably back up. But first I'll say as we were doing that, we realized, hey, this is really fun. And it would really be fun if we invited more people to join. I wonder who else might be interested. And so we did. So we invited some people, several other people. I've invited several other people, I should say. I don't know if Paul has, but I have. Uh, I recruited all four of my older boys. And so now they take turns when they've got their chores done and their schoolwork done. They take turns, two on and two off, and they just alternate after a timer goes off. And uh, they play on two of the computers, and then I, as time permits, play on our other good computer. And I've also got my brother playing a little bit. I don't know if he's played a whole lot this week. I haven't played a whole lot this week. Paul hasn't played a whole lot this week. I also just got a coworker of mine, J.D. Foster, into the game. So he's playing a little bit. And so, so that said... If you haven't yet tried out Valheim, you might check it out. It is hugely popular right now. It only came out at the beginning of February. And within the first 13 days, it sold, I think, 2 million copies. And within a few days more, it was up to 3 and 4 and 5 million. I don't even know what it's at right now, but it's a lot. It's sold a lot of copies. Hugely popular game that just came out. And it's funny because if you look at a lot of the screenshots... It's not that super impressive. Like if you're just looking for showy graphics and beautiful textures and sharp edges and all of that, right? All the things that we associate with modern computer games. If you're just looking for those things, move along. Nothing to see here because it's not that fantastic. The lighting effects with the sky and the sun and the moon and the stars and the torches and things like that. Super, super cool. They have some really cool fog effects. When the light hits the fog just right and the storms roll in, like those are super, super cool. But there's a lot of textures that are just like, hey, this is nothing to write home about. But the fundamentals of the game, the mechanics of the game are extremely satisfying, very fun, very well-balanced, very well-paced. There's a lot of depth to the game. And uh, the game... Maps are each randomly generated. So if you start up a game, $20 is all it takes to buy a copy. You start up a game and you load up in a server and that world is randomly generated. No two maps are the same. And it's huge. Each map is huge. and There's a lot of territory to explore, lots of islands, lots of ocean to sail in your Viking longship. Lots of trees you could chop down and resources to mine and buildings to build and crops to plant and animals to hunt or to to raise if you domesticate them. Lots of fun stuff like that, but then there's monsters too. And I should note that I'm playing a very different game than my buddy Paul is. So my buddy Paul is playing very much an exploration game. He is just out there like he was the first one to build a boat on our server. And he's going around sailing. And uh, he did that for a while. And then he's like, hey, you know, come on, like jump in. So we jump in and we go out into the ocean just a little bit, not all that far either. And this sea serpent roars 
out of the water and starts attacking our boat. And so then I'm, he's trying to pilot the vessel. I've got my bow and arrows and I'm trying to shoot the sea serpent repeatedly. And it almost sank us. We almost died out there. It was pretty intense. It was pretty epic, but it's super cool. So he's exploring the map and he's just like really pushing the boundaries. He's the first guy to go into the swamp. And uh, he tells me that it's pretty rough, right? Abandon all hope ye who enter here is what we should put on the sign above the portal that goes to the swamp because uh, he ended up building one once he got to the swamp. And then I built one on the other end to get him out of the swamp because <laughs> his uh, little tower that he was is taking refuge in was surrounded by skeletons and droggers and wraiths and ghosts and just all kinds of awful things. These giant mosquitoes that kill you in one hit, things like that. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the game he's playing. My boys, it's fun to watch and listen to them play because they're playing very different games as well. And I've kind of given them chores and tasks because you've got to gather resources, right? Vikings can't go raid and pillage and kill monsters on an empty stomach. So you've got to eat. And you also, if you're going to build weapons and armor and gear and clothing and buildings and other such crafting items that allow you to do all of those same things all the more and get to the next level, you've got to harvest resources. And so I have my son Josiah trying to go out there and get mining operations going, and he's going to build little outposts where we can retrofit and and, uh, repair the boats when we're sailing around our island. And uh, he's also going to get some copper and tin and bring it back to our harbor where we've got a charcoal kiln and a smelter. And then we smelt the copper and tin. And then we combine the copper and the tin to make bronze. And then we can use the bronze to make weapons and armor, all that kind of stuff. Super cool. I've got my son Daniel going around hunting. And uh, Solomon, he's jumped in. He's helped uh, Paul with some exploring. They ended up very comically going out in the carve. It's the the second uh, level of ship that you can make in the game. Went out into the ocean. I think, I don't know if they got attacked by a sea serpent or if they got hit with a storm or what. I don't know what happened, but they ended up sinking out there and dying. And so then it was it was just too funny because I come home from work. And Paul and Solomon are just repeatedly over and over and over trying to go back to the swamp so that they can get a raft built. They can race through the swamp, build a raft, get on the raft before all of the bad monsters catch up with them and chop them to pieces. Uh, get in the raft, sail back to where their ship sank in the storm or whatever and regather their stuff because that's how it goes. You you die, you go back to whatever bed you set as your spawn point in your house or lodge or castle or whatever. And you do that and then, you know, if you die, you just go back out to where you died and recollect your stuff, regather it. And so it was too funny because they just kept going back and back and back and back. But it was cool, right? It It was also cool. It was funny. It was also cool because kudos to them going out there, bravely exploring. It's really fun because it kind of like helps you to get somewhat of an idea how the Vikings felt or how explorers down through the ages have felt as they're 
trying to explore this big, broad world. You know, imagine exploring the world in the time before Google Maps, right? You don't know what's over there. You know, Lewis and Clark making their way across the United States so that they could chart the territory from sea to shining sea. They didn't know what was going to be on the other end for sure. They didn't have a real firm idea as they were traveling. And that's kind of scary. It's kind of exciting. Kudos to the explorers for making that stuff happen. Uh, Me, I, meanwhile, I've played a very conservative game thus far where I have stayed pretty close to home. I don't go sailing. I went sailing a time or two because I was going to experiment a little bit with uh, taking a raft around the coast so I could get to copper and tin uh, quicker and avoid running through the trolls and uh, such like that. And haven't done that too much. I mostly stay on the land. And I do a lot of building. So I've built a lot of the structure that we have for our harbor. That was our first initial base. And then I've also built a lot of the structure for our, I call it the pig farm, because I domesticated some pigs over there, trained, tamed some pigs, um, built a little enclosure, got them to chase me back in there, closed it up, threw some food to them over a couple of days, tamed them, and now I breed pigs over at the pig farm. Um, built a mining camp um, outpost or two or three. One of my mining post, uh, mining uh, camp outposts, whatever, uh, it ended up getting demolished by a troll. I was so mad. Oh, so disgusted. It was this cool, like, tower that was all tore up. And I had worked on getting it all built up. I chopped down a bunch of trees, a bunch of pine trees and fir trees that were around it. And then I was filling in the holes in the tower the stone tower. I don't have a stone cutter yet. It's where I can repair the stone, but I was repairing and filling in the holes with wood. And then I had done this all the way up, put doors on the bottom level, put a campfire in there, put a workstation there, put a roof over it. And I was just about done, almost done with all of this. And all of a sudden the whole thing starts shaking while I'm at the, the top of it. And I look down and there is a troll at the base just going to town, wailing on my tower. And sure enough, destroyed my workstation and smashed up a whole bunch of the wood. So, so much for that idea. Maybe I won't build there uh, again. Maybe I'll try building up another base a little further out that uh, is more on the coast. It's more in a clearing. I don't think he'll make issue of that. Actually, I think my boys killed him. I think my boys killed the troll that had actually smashed the tower. So good riddance to bad rubbish. He had it coming. There may be other trolls that'll try and knock down other uh, buildings. At some point, I think we should run out of trolls because there's been a lot of trolls. We've killed a lot of trolls. I think they just keep randomly generating. But anyway, Um, yeah, so... So it's fun, right? I mean, it's a fun game, super cool for $20. It is really a lot of fun and uh, very enjoyable. And it's very relaxing because I've just, I've spent most of the game, like I said, not exploring, not going out there and being really super risky and getting myself killed over and over and over and over again. But I have enjoyed the aspect of the game whereby I'm strategically placing these settlements throughout the island. 
and then trying to get paths carved through the wilderness to connect the various uh, outposts and structures and then trying to strategically you know come up with a system whereby we can harvest resources we can get some copper we can get some tin we could turn the copper and tin into bronze and we can get uh you know basically bronze armor and weapons in steady supply whenever we want it i think that's working out pretty well i'm enjoying playing the game that way and then as i recruit more vikings to the server it's it's proving really fun because they come in and they're each doing their own thing as well and so they're conquering certain things and then if you get in trouble too right it's like help 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 you know like paul the other day trying to get his stuff by going through the swamp trying to get a, a portal built over there and i built one on the, the one end he had already built one on the other end and we tagged them with the correct name and he was able to travel through and get out of there it's uh it's fun because then you can call for help and there's somebody else playing in the game. And we've got a dedicated server up, so it's only the people that we invite. It's password protected. But it's fun, right? It's, it's super cool. Part of the way that I'm playing the game, too, is I'm trying to use it as a means for teaching life lessons to my boys. And what I mean by that is I think that play is a medium for learning, as the book by the same title on my bookshelf puts it. I think play is a medium for learning and that our children, when they play games, when they play pretend, when they play dress up, when they play G.I. Joe's in the backyard or Legos or whatever, they are learning, right? They're trying out ideas and they're trying to conceptualize how the information in the world around them is connected. And they're trying to role play. They're trying on different roles that they might play in the world. And of course, this game is not, in my mind anyway, about trying to figure out how to be a good Viking. It's not that I want to be a Viking. It's not that I want my children to be a Viking. But on the other hand, I do want to be tough. I want my boys to be tough. I want to be creative and clever and strategic and tactful. And I want to work well with others and have a good teamwork mindset and mentality and have patience and be courageous and all those things. And so this game is actually, it's proving, uh, I mean, it's partly an experiment, honestly, too, to see like, hey, can I move the goalpost a little bit? Can I advance my objective of trying to be a good dad, trying to bond with my sons, trying to spend time with them, trying to teach them these life skills trying to instill in them good character, trying to instill in them uh, an affection for one another and an openness to listening to instructions and advice and feedback and working together with others. Can I instill that through this game? And so far, I think I think I can. I think we are. I think we're using it to that end. And I'm excited about that. I think that's a really positive thing. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying everybody needs to go out and buy a copy of Alheim. And do likewise, but uh, I would encourage you, you know, if you're a dad, if you're a mom, and you have this very dark view of video games, I would encourage you to think a little bit differently. Think outside the box a little bit. Yes, they can become addictive, but so can anything. And so, you know, part of the way that you can approach introducing your children to video games strategically is 
by teaching your children and yourself to be disciplined and self-controlled with something that could potentially try and take over their lives, right? How do we put limits on this? How do we control ourselves? How do we indulge to the point that's beneficial and then stop at the point where it would be harmful to ourselves or others, to our responsibilities, to our health, right? How can we choose strategically to get this game and not that game? Because this game is going to help us to work on some skills, developing some skills. It's going to be a team building exercise. It's going to help us to develop critical thinking and strategy and tactics and things like that. Things that have broad applications in many spheres. Uh, You know, I think that that's where I would encourage you as moms and dads and even just as individuals, right? Not just for your kids, but for yourselves too. You know, think of this a little bit differently and see if you can make it your own. See if you can make it into something like that and have fun in the process. You know, I think there's this misnomer, this this mistaken notion that learning has to be boring and fun, is irresponsible, but you, you should have a little bit of irresponsible fun every now and then. I think that's just silly, honestly. I don't like that. I don't like that mindset. I think that actually... The very best, the very height of accomplishment is if we can synchronize, if we can combine learning and fun and responsibility, if we can make doing what we ought to be doing in life an enjoyable experience and take joy in it, right? Find a way to take joy in doing what you need to do to God's glory and to one another's benefit. I think that that should be the goal and we shouldn't shy away things because they're fun. We shouldn't shy away from things because they're enjoyable or they're entertaining or because other people are misusing them. We should ask ourselves and be Bereans about it. Is this a good thing? Can it be a good thing? Can God use this for his glory? Is it inherently tainted? Uh, If not, or if so, uh, we should respond to it in a way that is God-honoring with good conscience. And uh, yeah, anyway, that's all I got. That is all I have for this episode. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. If you are listening to this episode on Anchor FM, of course you can subscribe on Anchor FM. If you prefer Apple Podcasts, guess what? You can actually subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I am on there as well. This podcast is on there as well. Actually, I think about a third of my listeners now listen on Apple Podcasts. I only got... Apple Podcast set up several months ago. It's not been all that terribly long, but it seems like a lot of listeners prefer that. I actually have taken a liking to listening to podcasts on Apple Podcasts. I like that it sends me notifications when a new episode comes out for a show that I like. If you like this show, you might like seeing a notification on your smartphone when a new episode comes out. So consider hitting subscribe over at Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, reach out if you have any comments questions, concerns, objections, complaints. If there's anything I said here that was interesting, it was beneficial to you, I'd really love to hear. If anything that I said was beneficial to you, if you have anything to add, I'd love to hear your questions. I love getting questions. I love getting feedback. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? What do you think about this? Or have you considered that, right? Like you might disagree. You might hear something I say. You think that there's a piece of information that I am not mentioning or another perspective that would be more accurate or more true or that added to my own would be 
more the full picture, by all means, bless me with that feedback. Let me know. Hit me up at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. I need to change the outro for this episode. This podcast is not going to show or say rather the correct uh, email. Although I still am running garrettmullet at gmail.com. I am moving everything over to garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. So anyway, however you need to get a hold of me, however you can get a hold of me, get a hold of me, let me know. For now, though, thanks for listening. Till next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rocks blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger, weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com. Hello, this is Garrett Ashley Mullet, host of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM, and also chief editor and writer at On the Rocks blog since 2015. I have just published my first book. It is available on paperback and Kindle from Amazon.com right now. Are you thinking about homeschooling? Is someone you know considering it? No shortage of books will help you figure out how to do it. This is a book about why you should. Written from the perspective of a homeschooling father of seven who was himself homeschooled growing up, this is an encouragement to fathers and mothers to think rightly about their children's education. What our children believe about God, themselves, one another, and the universe, these are all features of their education, and the worldview our children develop is downstream of the sort of education they receive. And this is why we homeschool. Maybe you are a parent of homeschooling children and you could use some encouragement. Perhaps your local school shut down and now remote learning or homeschooling has been forced on you. Now you could use some help finding motivation to make the best of it. Or maybe you have a friend or family member considering homeschooling their children. Rather than starting you off with another home education how-to, let us start with why we homeschool. And as we figure out the reasons we should do this thing, the way to do it will be made far easier. Just go right on over to Amazon.com and type in, and this is why we homeschool in the search results. It'll come right up. Order your copy today.